Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We're going to get you caught up in what's popping. We are going to play a new game called As Long As You're Mine. We'll give you our thoughts on Renee Zellweger's Judy. And we'll close out with our top five movie musicals. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. I am your co-host, Cam. With me, as always, is Kirk. Hello, hello. And we have a packed show for you today. We've got a new game. Games are always fun. Yes. Um, I don't know what this game is. This is a, this is a game of your your invention there, Kirk. So I'm, I'm a little, little nervous. Just call me the Game Master. I mean, I, I prepared what I needed to prepare, but I'm scared that I will not perform well in this game. I just I, don't feel like I will be. I believe in you. You're the game master, though. Mm-hmm. You're the you're um you're that guy from Hunger Games who designs the the Phil, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah, yeah. from Hunger yeah, Games, yeah. right? Yeah, or the guy. The, what's the guy at the end of the first one? They make him eat those poison berries. Oh, oh gosh, he's got the crazy facial hair that's like cutting swirly spirals and things like that. Yes, that guy. That guy. You're that guy. Because <laughs> you have to eat the poison berries. I'm going to reshape my beard. Dude, tonight. it's it's pretty cool, honestly. It's a good look. Um, so we're going to play a new game. It's called As Long As You're Mine. Little little wicked connection there, Kirk, right? That's right. So that is a confusing... This, so that wicked to Wizard of Oz to Judy Garland to Judy, the movie. Mm-hmm, Perfect. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's good. Um, then we got What's Poppin'. We, we had a... I don't know. It, it feels like a lot has happened, but I don't know. Like I, I didn't have that many headlines, but they're big ones. It's they're big of, headlines. We keep hearing about the same movies over and over again, mostly. The yes. same news. You're right. You're right. Because award season is coming, mm-hmm. and it's starting to feel really real now, because I was like getting kind of stressed out, planning out our schedule of like what we're going to see, and this movie felt very... We had to go to the indie indie theater to see it. Yes. So anytime you're in the indie theater, you get the, you know, it's like when you smell fall in the air. You're like, ah, this is this is award season. We're here. Oscars are coming. I'm here. I'm here with all of the old folk at the indie theater, and we're ready to go. The seats are uncomfortable because they don't have the money to put in those like crazy recliners with the heaters and everything. Yes. Um. So that was good. It feel feel felt a little gritty this week. So that was nice. Um. We're, so we're reviewing Judy. Um, very, very fun movie to review for sure. Like I, I, as I was watching it, I was like, this is going to be a lot of fun to, to talk about. So I'm excited about that. And then we're going to do our top five movie musicals. And that is an important distinction because we did top five music movies, but we intentionally left out traditional musicals from that list because it had to be about a musician or a band or something like that. So there's some overlap but mostly these will be more traditional musicals, I think. Yeah, I reviewed my list to make sure that I wouldn't go against our original rules yes. for then and now. I think we're good. I think we're in good shape. Because, like, Sing Street is a good example. Sing Street could appear. Yes. But it could appear on both lists. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but another interesting fact, Kirk, today, the date of recording, which yes. is September 30th, 
2019. It's International Podcast Day, which like what a day, what a thing to have. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wel- welcome to 2019 where we have <laughs> International Podcast Day. So it's exciting to be podcasting on such a momentous day. It very much so is. And sometimes we get to record on Sundays. Sometimes it's on Mondays. This was unplanned. No, and it wasn't planned. Yeah. We discovered today was the National International Podcast Day. And what a treat this is. Yeah. And today, because it's International Podcast Day, it was pretty serendipitous because we also surpassed 1,000 downloads on this podcast. Yes, we did. Which is awesome. And we want to thank everybody who has contributed to that for subscribing downloading sharing listening every week going back and listening to ones that you've missed like we sincerely appreciate it from the very bottoms of our hearts thank you thank you thank you and one last thing today is yes there's so many special things about big day big day i saw this on twitter a few minutes ago okay let's hear it today marks the 15th anniversary of jesse mccartney's beautiful soul Mm, (laughs) that's a good one your beautiful soul i don't even remember how it goes i don't want another pretty (laughs) face i don't want just anyone to hold i don't want my love to go to waste i want you and your beautiful soul boom i I remember playing it that was beautiful yeah i remember playing it at the at the skating rink a lot oh that was for sure a beggar at the the skating (laughs) rink man it was like everybody's coming like running from the concession stand as fast as they can for a couple skate oh yeah who didn't he date like ashley simpson too just oh i'm sure he did he had quite a run yeah (laughs) (laughs) and now who knows where are you jesse mccartney i bet you're you're surfacing today on your 15th anniversary yeah we need we need to look that up we need to we need to figure out where he's at maybe he'll come on friend of the pod yeah friend of the pod jesse mccartney friend of the pop yeah friend of the pop that's (laughs) right temporary name i like that name too if you guys have ideas for friend of the pod because f-o-t-p you can't really say it it would sound really cool if we could just say like an acronym like floop i don't know yeah like something that sounds like a word yes but not Not quite (laughs) yeah that would be good that would be that would be best plus it probably hurts your guys ears we have to hit all those plosives right in a a row that's right you know it's yeah it's not good um so yeah names names for that is good but in the meantime friend of the pop is is pretty funny we'll take it i dig it the entire um so yeah jesse mccartney if you're listening um you just heard my beautiful rendition of your hit song beautiful soul yes and we'd love to have you on that'd be great so that's a big day. What else? What else? Anything else? September thirtieth. Well, I, I play a video game that is with my wife, Jacqueline. We play a game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, and they just uh, released four new characters for that game today. Four. Four. So we got Blade, Punisher, Morbius, and oh, there's one more. Oh, Moon Knight. Love Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited. That's actually that's like as soon as we're done recording this, that's where I'm headed to go play that game. Sounds like a good night. Tear it up. Yep. All right. Nothing else on September 30th though. That's all we got. So International Podcast Day. If you're if you're listening to this, consider giving us a share in honor of International Podcast Day because lots of people will be out there looking for new podcasts, and there is like you know, this is the time to look because everybody's putting their recommendations out there. So we would appreciate a plug. Yes, please. All right. Let's get into what's popping. We got some big news. Big, big, big news, Kirk. Huge, giant news. Humongous. Spider-Man is back. He's back. He's back in the MCU. And I do want to say I told you so. Because we did. Mm-hmm. We we called it. Not that it was like 
not that we were the only people who was saying that was going to happen, but you just you just knew, right? Like you knew that this was it, there's too much money involved. Way too big of an investment, not only monetary but just in the emotions with the entire world. Yeah, yeah, and so so the 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 synopsis of this deal is that we get one more Spider-Man solo film, so the third in the series, which would likely be. They do things in threes at Marvel for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting one more. It'll probably be his last. I mean, I don't want to make assumptions. It's possible. And then we're getting a Spider-Man appearance in another film, mm-hmm. which as of right now, there's not another Avengers movie planned. So I was interested to hear that because I'm like, I mean, obviously there are things out there that we don't know about. I would assume that his next appearance would be in an Avengers movie Something with high stakes, because there's a couple different ways they could go with this, right? So, there were some cryptic things in the announcement from Kevin Feige, in which he said something to the effect of, Spider-Man is the only hero with the superpower to move through universes. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, that leaves the door open for many, many things, meaning he could potentially be in Marvel Cinematic Universe films and Sony Spider-Man Universe films at the same time because we know that Sony Sony's ramping up. Oh They're yeah. They're creating all kinds of spin-off movies. There's a Morbius movie with Jared Leto that's in the works. There's a, you know Into the Spider-Verse 2. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things in the works. They've got other other villain spin-off movies Madam oh, Web. Is yeah. that right? So, yeah, and I want to get to Madam Web. Um because I saw something on Nerdist and a few other comic book nerd, uh, like Reddit threads and things, were talking about Madam Web and what that might mean. Did you see any of this? Briefly, yeah. So Madam Web was introduced long, long ago in the Spider-Man comics, but more recently, she's been given the ability to alternate universes to move between such things. Mm-hmm. So what people are theorizing is that her introduction creates a conduit for which spider like with which spider-man could could travel between the marvel cinematic universe and the sony universe as he pleases okay so i mean when i first heard this news i was like sweet this is this is a new movie they're going to wrap this up and then they're going to come back to the negotiating table and we might get another movie or we might get a buyout or something because i still think that that's a possibility I still think that Marvel wants to own this property. Yes. And they should, right? Like, I still think that's the best plan for them. There's there's no reason that he should be split in this day and age. With I know. With how big of an impact that they allowed him to become in this storyline. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm okay if, if Madam Web can do that for them for a while. For a while. It, but but it's, it's very risky because if the Sony films are bad quality... Mm-hmm you're hurting the value of Spider-Man as a character. People are going to start to not like it. Yeah, even if it is Tom Holland, which it would be. It would be Tom Holland, based on the way his contract is structured. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, you go see an MCU Spider-Man movie, and it's great. Let's say there's one that's great. And then you go watch a Spider-Man Venom crossover film, which everybody keeps alluding to, and it's bad. Then what do you, like, 
do you want to see the next Spider-Man movie? You might not want to. Yeah, it would definitely lose its momentum for sure. Or at least you wouldn't want to see like the Morbius movie or any of these spin-offs and then if you don't know the tie-ins like you're you're losing interest. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a pretty risky proposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully then uh, I'm all in on let's just make sure Marvel gets enough money to purchase Spider-Man outright before they have a chance to make these other universes with him. I agree. Uh, and when I first when we first talked about this, my thought was that's for sure how this is going to end is with some sort of purchase. But I really it's really starting to look like Sony knows what they have here and they know what kind of money comes with that. And they're thinking to themselves, "Hey, if, you know, if Marvel Studios is going to make a movie for us that we don't have to make and we can still make 90% of the profit off of it." Mhm. And we can be making our movies at the same time. We're basically doubling our cash flow. I mean, I'd be doing that too, man. I don't know. You can't blame them. It's frustrating. It is frustrating as a fan. I guess it would be a little bit better if they brought in some of the Marvel writers over to Sony because they're they're the ones who mostly crafted this. Yes. So that would be a good benefit and an option, I think. Would yeah, be. or like, yeah, director John Watts maybe yes. could, could be pulled over. You yes, know, please. He, could, he could like do what Chris Nolan does for dc and kind of just like run that operation over there like just some consistency would be nice i'm very concerned there are some ways that they can make it work while we wait for the big sale for the bake sale for the big sale (laughs) for the big sale (laughs) (laughs) um or they could just totally make it a disaster yeah they could ruin it 50 50 there's no in between on this yeah so and then i guess the uh, the last scenario is marvel makes a spider-man movie they put him in an Avengers movie. They kill him. Mm. Or they make it impossible for him to return or something. And that's the end of it. You know, that's that's the last time we see Marvel that we see Spider-Man in the MCU. I would be horrified if, you know, his his involvement in the MCU is limited to what has already happened plus one and a half movies, you know, because he's Spider-Man. You know, yeah. he's kind of like a big deal. And with Tom Holland being so young, I don't know. And this just further saddens me because, you know, we've already had Miles Morales introduced in the MCU by proxy because his uncle is in it. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover plays Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I was really looking forward to Miles Morales making his appearance. So maybe that's another deal that they have to strike at some point or I don't know. It, it, it's, it's all very confusing, but I think we should be happy in the short term that we're going to get a wrap up to the storyline that we've been introduced to in the Homecoming Spider-Man series. And we get him in one other, presumably large, group Avengers movie. Right, that's half glass full right there. Let's yeah. let's be happy for that. They that that announcement came out. I mean, my phone was just buzzing. It was going off. Oh man, I lost it. I was telling everybody at work, and no one cared. What? No, no. <laughs> I, I like walked into our social area and was like, "Guys, Spider Man's back!" And I got like a bunch of blank stares. It's like, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Well, so, we can be excited. We're, we're, ex- we're still excited. We're still excited. So, <laughs> yeah, let us know your Spider-Man thoughts. I I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic about this whole thing. I'm just happy to have another movie, basically. Me too. Um, all right. Other big news coming out today. We got a Stranger Things 4. So, so they call it like Stranger Things 4 instead of like Season 4 for mm. whatever reason. Anyway, we got a Stranger Things 4 teaser. We did. We did. Where basically they just play a theme song. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Netflix, right? It's a classic Netflix teaser. They're like, oh, we know exactly what you want. Everything you've seen before, basically. Big big apology that we never wrapped our uh, season 
or sorry, Stranger Things three yes. um, podcast. We could still do it. We could do a one, two, three. Well, I kind think of when we uh, maybe when Stranger Things four comes around, we can recap it. Okay. Kind of get everybody caught up because it's hard. You know, whenever you have a big show coming back, I, I used to do this with House of Cards. Like House of Cards season one came out. I watched it in two days. Mm-hmm. Season two came around. I was like, wait, what happened? Who are these people? Yeah. So you, you kind of need that. I mean, Netflix has the recap, but we can give a full detailed breakdown. Or okay, something. good. I'm down for that. So this season four teaser, you're exactly right. We've seen everything. Two things that, that I saw that caught my eye in this teaser. Okay. There's like a clock. Yes. On a tree. Might be kind of bloody. Mm-hmm. Is there time travel happening in season four? It's certainly possible. Any, I mean, I think everything's on the table. Yeah. We got Russian involvement in the third season, so I'm like, eh, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, we could do. Which season three was great. It was. I loved it. I really liked it. Yes. Um, and there's also what looks to be um, Noah Schnapps. What's what's his character's name? Oh, Will Byers. Thank you. <laughs> Why do I know his actor yeah, name? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I don't name. even know his real name. <laughs> his uh, his little like, it looks like his little tent uh, den in oh, the woods is Castle out there. Byers. Castle Byers. Thank yeah. you. And it looks like there's a little light. That light looks like it's coming from his castle. There is a, there is a light. Yes. That lingers and then shuts off. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've seen everything else. And it says uh, so. Then the big reveal, I guess, of the teaser is that some some text comes across the screen that says. We're not in Hawkins anymore. Right. Which, of course, is alluding to the end of this show and uh, the end of season three and kind of like I, I felt like t- with season three ending, things were so up in the air. I have no idea what to expect in this season. No clue. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But very exciting. You know, well, I'm sure we'll get more news over the next nine months or whatever until it comes out. But it's back. Stranger Things has been renewed for season four and we got a teaser and we're we're raring to go coming soon all right another one i i brought this i wanted to bring this in because i know that you're just like as hyped as hyped can be about the irishman Mm -hmm. guillermo del toro friend of the pod friend friend of of the the pop pop. he is loving this movie in in a very major way excellent he went on a 13 tweet rant i don't want to say rant because rant implies that it's like bad 13 just like a flurry of tweets he was like let me just tell you about how awesome the irishman is and just like it was just like an appreciation post so i wouldn't recommend reading the tweets i wouldn't recommend reading the tweets because he he just for my liking talks a little bit too much about the characters talks a little bit too much about the performances i like to go in not knowing how i'm supposed to feel about certain characters what their role is things like that right we want Um, the basics we don't want to dive deep before we see the movie right right because like so let's say like one of these characters that you thought was going to be an antagonist ends up becoming sort of like a sympathetic figure i don't want to know i don't want to know any of that so i i i just i didn't read all of it i got to like tweet three and then i was like "Eh, cut it off but he did say this and i quote fastest three hours in a cinema do not miss it wow and he recommends that everyone sees it in theaters which this is one of the ones where it's in theaters on November 1st, I think. Mm-hmm. November 1st. And then it's on Netflix November 27th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to incentivize me to like go to the theater three weeks before this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless unless we're going to come up with some big spoilers. I mean, it's it's based on history. so Right. Yeah, exactly. We know how kind of how this movie ends. 
but we don't know how it's done. Yeah, if it was Avengers Endgame, I'd be like, duh, I'm going to see it at the er- at my earliest possible convenience. Yeah. But with it, like, it's the Irish. I'm still very, very hyped for it. Right. But I'm not really worried about getting super spoiled. I'm not worried about people being like, oh, my gosh, I just saw the Irishman, and this is what happened. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. Jimmy Hoffa is one of the central characters in this film. So right. We all know, well, hopefully you know what happens to Jimmy Hoffa. And if you don't, you could find out before you, you know what I mean? Like that information is available. It's not, it's not, I don't know. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's historical. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm very geeked for this movie, but I don't know that I would, you know, just drop what I'm doing to try to get to a theater November 1st and select theaters. Yeah. Like I'm not going to travel to another state. No. I guess Missouri I would go, but still. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting. It it seems based on everything I've read from mm-hmm. people that I trust, Guillermo del Toro being one of them. Mm-hmm. This seems like uh, Scorsese pulled it off. It seems like a home run, which isn't which isn't shocking by any means. But I was I had some concerns about the de aging. You know, we talk about those things that can be a little bit distracting in films. Had some concerns about the runtime because this movie's over three hours long. Um, you know. But so uh, it's good. Those those concerns have been quelled, and I'm coming into it very optimistic about what I'm going to watch. So I'm Me excited too. for it. Me too. I keep seeing masterpiece for this film, so I'm 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 amped for it still. Yeah, and I feel like I haven't seen Robert De Niro in something in a long time, mm-hmm. and I miss that. I love Robert De Niro. He's, He's so, so good. good. Yeah. So there we go. More all the more reason to get hyped, Kirk. Okay, and then the other big trailer from last week that we had was the uncut gems trailer wow which i must have watched a hundred times like i don't think that's an exaggeration i watched it a lot because i was just feeling the vibe the music was good the editing was good it was it it was top 10 trailer of the year for me really good adam sandler looks incredible Mm -hmm. the real kevin garnett is in this movie weirdly like playing himself from years ago but he doesn't age he just is in tip-top physical condition so it's like (laughs) Yeah, who is this? Young Kevin Garnett, new Ke- old Kevin Garnett. It's the, it looks exactly the same. So yeah. he's in it. Excited about that. Love it when athletes get in movies because you never know what you're gonna get. Like um, LeBron James was in that train wreck movie with Bill Hader and Amy Schumer. It yep. was like the surprise performer of the movie. So you never know. You never know what you're gonna get. But Adam Sandler is coming for the gold. He's coming for he's coming for Oscar gold. I like what I see in the trailer very, very, very much. Same. I have never, no one has ever seen Adam Sandler like this. He's done several kind of dramedies or straight up dramas. Yes. Never have I ever seen an Adam, a version of Adam Sandler like this. Yeah. I am so excited to see what comes of this because there wasn't a moment in the trailer where I was like, okay, he's trying real hard here. It seemed to come pretty uh, pretty naturally for for whatever he did for his character development and his character yeah. prep. So man, I, I'm ready to see this. Yes, you will have to wait though, Kirk, because it comes out Christmas Day. Christmas Day? Yes. This is not the type of movie for Christmas Day. Well, in the Jewish community, it's sort <laughs> of a tradition, and he, you know, he's he's Jewish, so that's true. Maybe that's why he did it. He's like, hey, I'm like putting on for my community and my peoples. That's true. That's true. I think Eight Crazy Nights came out on Christmas Day as well, yeah. years and years and years ago. So that makes sense, actually. I love going to the movies on Christmas. 
I do too. I didn't. I don't know about this movie on Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> it seems <laughs> might not be heavy. the might not be the right vibe. You can't pack the family into the car. Like, all right, guys, we're going to see Adam Sandler's new movie. Right. Um, you're right. You can't do that. <laughs> um, but there are two things that I. Well, there are three things that I love to do on Christmas: watch basketball, go to the movies if at all possible. It gets it gets harder as you get older. You have all these obligations and whatnot. Um, and eat an inordinate amount mm-hmm. of food. That's that, those. That's the dream right there. Number you, number four, presents. Yes, Just presents, camera. Yes, yes. But the first three are more important to me. If you check all those boxes, I'm happy with or without presents. Perfect. So I don't have to get you anything this year. No, just cool get that? me tickets to go see Uncut Gems, and we're we're square. Sold. We'll just go at the end of the night once the kids are asleep. Yes, I Boom. like it. I like it. All right, that's all I got for uh from for what's popping this week. Pop it up. All right. Let's play our game, Kirk. I'm ready. This is, uh, I'm nervous for this um, because, well, tell us about the game and then I can tell you why I'm nervous. As long as you're mine. So there is a musical out there. It's kind of a big deal. It's called Huge. Wicked. It's, it follows the Wicked Witch and her life as a, as a teen up until when she meets Dorothy of the Wizard of Oz. So, Wicked Witch of the West. That's correct. I want to clarify. <laughs> Did I say Wicked Witch of the East? No, you just said Wicked Witch. Okay, correct. I was like, well, there are regions to these things. There are. They have four. Then Glinda tells us these. <laughs> and the f- you are absolutely correct. Fact check. <laughs> just live fact checking <laughs> you on things that don't matter. Dang. Um, I love it. Uh, so one of the key songs in the musical is As Long As You're Mine, in mm-hmm. which Elphaba, which is the Wicked Witch of the West's real name, yes, she falls in love with a man named Fiero. Fiero, yep. Played by, in the original Broadway oh, cast... Norbert Leo Butts. Yeah, dude. Shout out St. Louis. He's a, Yeah, he reps our hometown, St. Louis. Yes, He's, he does. He does us proud. He was in Bloodline, which I don't recommend watching, but, <laughs> well... I recommend watching it. The it's, whole thing? It's still worth it to me. Oh, dude, I don't know. It... Uh, it mm. Bloodline has an all <laughs> an all-time terrible finale... All time. Actually, terrible last three episodes. You, so, watch season one and two, mm-hmm. and most of season three, and just stop. Don't find out what happens at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But man, those first two seasons are gold. Is it? It's three seasons? It's three seasons. It's three. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. the third season. It's the third yeah. season where it really goes off the rails. Yeah. And I don't know, man. If you can't close it out, I don't, I'm not interested in the rest of the story because this, the ending is important to the story. It's very much important, but I love, I love the characters so much and what these, it basically revitalized the actors' careers in there too. So we, we digress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Um, so go watch it. Sorry. Sorry. Where were we at? Something about <laughs> as long as you're mine. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to name a movie Uh huh. and we're going to name, uh, one of the, the, the central plot lines love interests uh-huh we're gonna name one character of the two one so, of the two we're gonna name the character we're gonna name the actor okay good, good 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 so if i were to say the notebook rachel mcadams who is the uh, who's the counterpart to rachel mcadams um ryan gosling ding 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 did i get it right you got oh, it right whoo. okay well i was nervous that kind of kicked the dust off a little bit yeah. i feel a little bit more confident now good 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 that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite what do you want you know that <laughs> yes. scene i like to use that it's one of the, my the great memes yes, yeah it it's a good one so we're gonna go through and we're gonna see if we know these lovely couples okay question in cinema are, are we alternating like you do one i do one 
We should probably do that. Let's do alternate. Usually we go full list, but let's switch let's, it up. Let's alternate for this one. Okay. I think it's better. I'll go first. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> a Walk to Remember. Okay. With Mandy Moore and... Oh, no. I'm blanking. It's I'm okay. blanking. I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. It's a beautiful movie. Mandy Moore. One of Mandy Moore's finest performances prior yes. to the This Is Us series and her voice acting role as Rapunzel in Disney's Tangled. Mandy Man. Moore. This character was also a key character in ER for several years. He was a doctor on the show. Mm. I didn't. I, I don't hardly watch ER. I mean, I did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Why am I blanking on? I've seen A Walk to Remember. My sisters loved this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's horribly sad. Yes, it is. I like it because it has the Switchfoot music in it. Yes, she sings uh, "Only Hope," mm-hmm. which was a Switchfoot song um, that became a smash hit under Mandy Moore's guidance. And now I'm just stalling as I try to think of the name <laughs> of the person. <laughs> he was um, also in the fantastically terrible League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> that movie's really bad. I'm, I'm blanking. You're gonna have to, I'm going to have to have you give it to me, and I'm going to be very mad as soon as I hear it. <laughs> That's okay. It is Shane West. Yes. Shane. Well, that, I hate myself. But that's <laughs> okay. It's okay. I froze. I froze up on that one. I could do the same. I don't know what your list is. <clears throat> well, I do feel a little guilty um, because my first one is... It's not a live action movie. Wait a second. Which is kind of tricky, but it still counts. <sighs> okay. The film is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, shoot. Okay. George Clooney is one part. Who's yep. the other? <laughs> yep. That was sort of a curveball. <laughs> see, I thought it would be very, very hard because you <sighs> can't actually see the people in your head. You just see foxes. That is not fair. <laughs> I almost went all animated films and I thought that would be hilarious, but also like it's hard because you don't often get really famous people doing voice voiceover roles. Right. I'm trying to think of like all the, the actors who are in the Wes Anderson films. So, Um, so this person, she is not one of the recurring characters in Wes Anderson films. She was like a one shot. She's a massively huge and successful actress. I've got an idea who it is, but I, don't think it's right yes the go. only person that, that comes to mind is kate blanchett no dang it it's meryl streep oh! <laughs> that's right it's meryl streep sorry that was really exceptionally cruel that was brutal man daddy is the best actor in the world <laughs> daddy is meryl, meryl streep, streep. <laughs> in the words of michael scott all right next one i probably won't know it i'm gonna I have one in my back pocket that I may have to give you that's cruel. Okay. So we'll see. I'm ready. This one is not cruel. Batman Begins, Christian Bale. Oh, um. And? Uh, Katie Holmes. That is correct. Yes. Oh, who could forget? That is correct. Right before Tom Cruise hopped on that couch. Right before a descent into madness that really I feel like Katie Holmes is the primary victim of all the chaos. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, if you think about it, like. After all that happened, she's the one left in the wreckage. We don't see her in anything anymore. No, she's and gone. Tom Cruise's career, uh, you know, we, he was silent for a little bit, and now he's skyrocketed back to the top. It's, he's it's got, crazy. He's got it all going on. He's mi- doing Mission Impossible. He's doing Top Gun movies still. Like, he's huge. Yes. So, sorry, Katie Holmes. Sorry. And Surrey. Yeah. That's Very right. sorry. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I finally got one right. Next one for you. <clears throat> the Spectacular Now. Okay. Shailene Woodley and... 
Excellent. I know this one. Okay. I'm excited. I'm happy. Love this movie. Miles Teller. Yes. Got it. Yes. So we each got one. That right. movie's so great. Yes. I watched that for the first time on an airplane. I've heard that that one is better than the book. Oh, one that's of, nice. One of my close friends read the book because I was thinking about reading it because I liked the movie so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, don't. It's not, it's not, <laughs> not good, but he did like the movie. So Yeah, there you shout go. out Kyle Chandler's in that. And he was also on our tangent earlier. He's one of the, he is the central character in Bloodline. He is. Yeah, Kyle Chandler is the forever dad. Yes. He plays a dad and some sort of leadership figure in everything. Super 8? Yes. He's either a cop or a general or a CIA football agent, coach. Football or, coach. You know, all of those sorts of things. He's so good. And he kills it. He's so good. All right, I'm ready next, for my next. Next one is. This is a tricky one. I'm scared. The Dark Knight with Christian Bale. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. The Dark Knight. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Woo. Wanted to see if you could keep I your I was, like, very confused for a correct. second there. I was like, okay, we've got, yeah. Katie Wait, Holmes. they play the same Rachel? They, they play both the play same Rachel. Rachel. And I, I always forget about that because the, the characters are even so different that it's like hard to... They should have done something with that. They should have just cast her aside and said, start over. New I hate girl. when they recast. Yeah, I don't like the recasting. And, I mean, those two girls do not look alike. No. And they're very different actresses. <laughs> they are. They are. It was It was interesting. It's an interesting choice. Um, but I got it right, so I'll you take did. it. Next one, staying in the realm of superheroes, going with the 2003 Hulk, you know, Hulk, and Eric Bana. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Eric Bana, the the original Terrible Hulk. Yes. Um, he also plays a general a lot of times, I feel like. Eric Bana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Liv Tyler. No. No, no, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, I am shamefaced. <laughs> Liv Tyler also played this character in the Ed Norton oh, book. It was uh, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, I love Jennifer Connelly. I know. She was the, she was like, man, what a weird cast. It's like Eric Bana, Jennifer Connelly, John Voight. Yeah. Like what in the world? They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's really rough. Sorry, that was a really obscure one as well. That was really good, though. That's that's the whole point of as long as you're mine to f- to remember those who loved one another. Um, I'm gonna throw my crazy one at you. Oh no! To keep you on. Well, par I'm with guaranteed <laughs> to get it wrong. I don't know, man. You could get it right. There was a movie. I think it came out in the '90s. Oh no! It's called The Other Sister. Oh, no chance. <laughs> great, great film. Okay. I'll guess, though. Genuinely a great film. It's got Juliette Lewis. Okay. And. Okay. One one hint. One hint. Um, I would, I'm going to start with um, a hint that's not as on the nose. Okay. Your first hint is this person was a co-star with Nicolas Cage in Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh. I can only if and if I this is weird. I'm gonna admit something that's very strange about me. Okay. If I ever I have Nicolas Cage and John Cusack married in my head, <laughs> they they come as a package deal. If it's ever like what, what who was in the movie with Nicolas Cage, I'm like oh John Cusack. 
Oh, sure. Say Some, anything, John Cusack and Nicolas Cage. Sometimes I get them confused with one another. I don't know why. It just must have been Con Air that did it to me. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It just ruined me forever. That was it. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Um, is it John Cusack? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. Uh, no, it is not. Hmm. Let me know if you want a second hint. I do. It's just going to make me look dumber because with every hint, I'll get it wrong because I just am <laughs> terrible at thinking on the spot. You'll get this one. He is the star of Amazon Prime's Sneaky Pete. Oh, what's that guy's name, though? <laughs> Good luck. What is that guy's name? He's got an Italian last name. An Italian first name. Oh, does he have an Italian first name, too? Mm-hmm. Very Italian. Mm. He's also in the Jurassic World series. Yeah, I I can see him, and I know his name is crazy. Um, because you said it on an episode recently. I did. Because I was talking about Stinky Pete, <laughs> and we said not to be confused with Sneaky Pete. That's right. And you said yes, that wonderful show with this person. <laughs> um, I got nothing. Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi. Yes, got it. I said it before you finished saying it, so that counts. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Dang it. <laughs> What in the world is that movie? I've never seen it. Oh, it's great. It's a great movie. Um, I didn't even know he was around back then. He certainly was. Uh, Juliette Lewis and and Giovanni Ribisi both play uh, mentally disabled um, people, and their families are very strict about them, you know, what they do in the world. Yes. And they find each other mm-hmm. by, by happenstance, and they fall in love, and they want to get married. And it sounds it's a lovely. Very sweet movie. Yes. Yes. It uh, it sounds very good. Mm-hmm. He he was in uh, that thing you do too, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Played mm-hmm. a small role, but a good one. All right. Well, that was a brain buster. <laughs> See, I told you. I, I knew the guy's name. I was like, I'll never be able to come up with it. All right. Yep. Next one. Hitch. Will Smith. Oh, no. And. And. Kevin James. No. <laughs> yes. Correct. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Oh, it's the girl. And Actually, that's the real love story. In that movie, <laughs> to be honest with you, right? Like, like their, like their friendship, is really the the best part of it it's because it's one of those like awkward animal pairings. You know, it's like a monkey and a dog that are best friends. Yes, because they are so ve- so vastly different and yet so similar, Kirk. And that's yes. what makes that such a beautiful film. Well, then I've I've answered correctly. Then we can move on. Right? And this person, no, um, I mean, somewhat. This person is what makes that movie not beautiful. She's, I, she, I just don't. I, I have a hard time with her performance in this particular film. She's terrible in this movie. Yeah, she's not good. I don't know if it's the writing or if it's her, honestly. But it. Well, the writing's not helping her. No. But, I mean, Will Smith got the same writers. And, you know, I don't know. One of his better films, too. He did a good job. Oh, and this, she's with Ryan Gosling, right? She is. Happily married to Ryan Gosling. They have children and everything. Yes. Because at some acceptance speech of his, he honored her it's the first name ava eva, eva. yep okay yep yep you're on it you're on halfway the nose. there you're getting there last name starts with an m correct you're so close kirk is it mendez it is yes ding 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 nailed oh, it i was worried nailed oh. it yes i'm i am not a fan of of many eva mendez movies yep. uh I like Hitch. I don't particularly love her performance in that one, but you got it. That's Same. all that matters. <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay, this is the last one, right? Uh, yes. Okay, we're doing five, and then I've got a special lightning round for oh, you. Oh, no. Just you. This is going to be bad. So I'm going to go with the 
let's go Romeo and Juliet, Leonardo DiCaprio, and... Oh, uh, Claire Danes. Ding, ding, ding. Excellent job. Thanks. Excellent uh, that's, job. That's one of my favorites. I'm really glad that you made me not look like an idiot on that one. Because I, I, I needed one. I needed a good one. Okay. Let's go with Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks, and... I'm so glad you picked this one because I... I always have known this actress. Uh-huh. And I just you know, there's a there's a thing circulating on Facebook comes up every now and then about the um the screen testing for Forrest Gump. So it is Robin Wright. Correct. Yes. It is Robin Wright. She's so great. She really is. I love Robin Wright. She did better in the screen test than Tom Hanks did <laughs> because his character was so different, right? Yeah, sure. And so obviously he nailed it uh, by the time the film came out, but seeing her like in that was like whoa she already has this character pinned down yes robin wright fantastic okay so i've got a lightning round for you since we're doing the movie judy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. renee zellweger we do renee zellweger movies yes see if you can find all of her different counterparts in her films i'm gonna go with cinderella man renee zellweger and oh um russell crowe perfect next down with love renee zellweger and no idea. <laughs> Did you not see this no, movie? No, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. He is a master Jedi. Ewan McGregor. Perfect. Good, good job. It. I need to see it. If it has Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger? It does. Well, I'm, I'm in on that. It's good. It's quirky. It's good. It's fun. Chicago. Oh, yes. Yes. Renee Zellweger and? Um, John C. Riley. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Ooh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. <laughs> I, I had to reach way back there, but I got it. Pull it to the front. Yes. Mr. Cellophane in Chicago, Mr. Mm-hmm. John C. Riley. And last one I got for you is Me, Myself, and Irene, Renee Zellweger, and... Um, I really wish you would have picked Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Jerry Maguire. Man, I love Jerry Maguire. Me, Myself, and Irene. Yes. How about, I'm thinking of You, Me, and Dupree, which is <laughs> Jim Carrey, right? So this is not Jim Carrey. Is it Jim Carrey? It is Jim Carrey. Oh, I was right. Yes. Isn't he also in You, Me, and Dupree? I don't know. Owen Wilson's in that. Oh, okay. You nailed it, though. Jim Carrey. Wow. Congratulations. Great. I wasn't even thinking about the right movie. and I. Oh, that, that one's Kate Hudson and Owen Wilson. There it is. That Okay. So I just had the movies mixed up, but somehow magically ended up with the correct answer. There you go. Ooh, man, that was tough. Thank I, you. And it makes me want to brush up on my Renee Zellweger, uh, as if this movie didn't already. Um, but it made me, makes me want to brush up on that, on all of her filmography. Indeed. indeed. I love Jerry Maguire, though. Oh, yeah. It was funny. So I went to school for sports business, as you, as you are aware. But maybe some of our listeners are not. I went to I went and got my MBA in sports business. And um, that's a little humble brag for you. But everybody there, we would, like, talk about um, – favorite sports movies and i was surprised at how many people said jerry Maguire because i do not consider that to be a sports movie do you consider jerry Maguire to be a sports movie no no it's a romance right it's a romance yeah and i talked to so many people who were like oh i want to become a not necessarily people that i went to school with but other people at different programs or like whenever we would go to conferences or whatever oh i want to be a uh an agent because of jerry Maguire. i was like that's interesting because that's like kind of not the central purpose of that movie it's kind of like the secondary it's like what's going on over here yeah um i mean there was a whole other group of people that said i want to become a front office employee because of moneyball i fell into that camp but i thought that was interesting yeah i I don't know what kind of weird trend that is when people decided that was a 
definitely like a hard sports movie but it's not it's not it's definitely not and and it's you still see it pop up like whenever like things i follow do top sports movies they'll be like jerry Maguire. i'm like i guess as a technicality maybe mm, no nah. but it's it's not really uh, great movie though man yes i love it i love it so good all right anyway renee zellweger starting judy that's what we saw so we're going to review it now judy is about judy garland love judy garland mm. i think i've already said that on the show love judy garland it comes from my sister your wife mm-hmm. aubrey who absolutely loves judy garland i watched so many judy garland movies growing up she's fantastic so i was very excited for this movie mm-hmm. let's start off with our tweet synopsis i believe it is my turn to go first actually that is correct all right here we go renee zellweger stars as judy garland who being in her mid-40s finds herself on the downslope of her career with money running low and the threat of losing custody of her children creeping closer she looks abroad for answers oh mysterious (laughs) historical and lovely yes thank you thank you well done Exploring Judy Garland's rise back to stardom, we follow the Academy Award nominee on her brutal climb out of poverty, depression, and addiction in this heartbreaking recount of the London concerts. Along the way, Judy recounts crucial moments of her life that led her to her final days, most of which were choices she was not allowed to make. Mm. So true. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I, I think Judy Garland is probably one of Hollywood's most tragic victims, you know, I mean, like obviously Hollywood has had its fair share of bad dealings in the past, you know, there's no, no shortage of those, but I've always found her story to be extremely sad. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's mostly sad because a lot of people probably who don't, who didn't bother to get more details or who have ever heard of it just think she was a burnout or, you know what I mean? Or like somebody who, you know, just made bad decisions. And I, I think that she's far from that. Right. I think she's a, she's a victim of institutional abuse. I don't want to say institutional failure because this was intentional, you know, yes. institutional abuse of a, of a young actress who had the world in the palm of her hands. You know, I mean, she was just an unreal talent. Um, and, you know, she paid the ultimate price for it, which is just horrible. But I thought that this was, I was glad to, to see that this movie was coming out. Yes. Yes. Um, found it interesting. I, I mean, I want to dive into this, our, our review, but I, I did find it interesting. And I want, I think the, the uh, listeners should know. Um, Liza Minnelli said she was not going to see this movie. And I don't know her reasoning behind that. I saw that her, the big quote was like, at some, at some level it becomes an invasion of privacy. Um, I, I, t- I get that. Because this is probably a, I mean, just incredibly emotional subject matter for her. Right. Um, she lived this. Liza Minnelli, Judy Garland's, one of Judy Garland's daughters. Three, yeah. Three kids in total. And she, she, every time this gets brought up, she has to think of her mother in this tragic state at the end of her life. Right. Right. And so a lot of times when I see stuff about that come out, like whenever a biopic is coming out, I start to have the thought of, um, well, do I really want to go see this? You know, if, if somebody from the family is not okay with how this is coming out you know i do have that thought so i did want to you know set that up because i feel like the filmmaker and the writer um did an incredible job of paying homage to this lovely person yes and whether you like the movie or not it's clear that 
they very much cared about Judy Garland. And so I don't think, I, I think Liza Minnelli is 100% justified in whatever her beliefs are on this movie at all. But this movie was not made with any malice towards Judy Garland. That's, that's, I can guarantee that with 100% certainty. Right. Whether I mean, or not everything's accurate is one thing, yeah. but it, it, they definitely did it out of love for this person. Out of love, indeed. I would be interested to see what Liza's reaction is now, if she wants to see the movie or not. Yeah. Because they did take such good care with it in not just exploiting it to look like, okay, this is, she just had a drug problem. It's way more than that. Right. Way more than that. Uh, so, good point going into and, this. And I thought it was timely because I think that um, there is a there is still a, a stigma with substance abuse, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it's important to understand that like those people are going through a rough time and they probably don't want to be in the situation that they're in. In most cases, sometimes they're there for reasons that could have been avoided, and that's one thing altogether. But um, it's an incredibly complex issue, and so I was really glad to see that they took such care with this with this person's story and her legacy because I think that it's it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dive in now that we got that out of the way. And the Oscar goes to. I mean, it has to be Renee Zellweger, right? Easy. She might actually win the Oscar for this. Easy. So she was breathtakingly incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's... Like I am even I know we're early on in the review, but like go see it just to see her act as Judy Garland. It's insane. Mm-hmm. She had her down to every detail, not just appearance, not just the way she talked, but the way she walked, the way she acted. It was insane. It was insane. And even if you only know Judy Garland from on screen mm-hmm. and the movies that she was in when she was younger, uh, you'll recognize her right away. Yes. And it, it'll be impossible to see. Like it was impossible for me to see Renee Zellweger because I was like, "That's Judy Garland." Yes, and um, I mean that's as good as it gets, right? That's and she's she's been this would be her fourth Oscar nomination. I'm just gonna call it like she's gonna get nominated 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, percent It's yet to be seen as somebody can beat her, but so far this year, I mean I'm giving it to her. Mm-hmm. If if the awards happen today, based on what I've seen, it's got it's got to be Renee Zellweger. Absolutely. Now Renee Zellweger has won Best Supporting, correct? She won Best Supporting. Yeah, she's been nominated for three Oscars. She won for Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain, yeah. She she was Big nominated year. for Bridget Jones' Diary and Chicago. Excellent. And yep. Chicago was Best Actress in a Leading Role. Excellent. Well-deserved. I don't see, no matter what movie comes out, I don't see anyone beating her. It's, this, incre- it's, in, it's insane. She said, um, she said that she spent over a year um, getting ready for this role, um, vo- training on vocalizations, not only speaking, but also, of course, the singing part, because as we know, Judy Garland has has had this incredible singing voice from birth. <laughs> so, I mean, she was about 14 during the recording yeah. of Wizard of Oz. So from then on, every time she sang it, it was like no other thing on this earth. Um, so Renee Zellweger just perfectly captured the voice of Judy Garland and her own in, in just, she was like a songbird throughout the entire yeah. movie. It, it's a really, really good call out because um, if you've seen her in Chicago, you know she can sing, yeah. but there is a massive difference between being able to sing and being able to sing like Judy Garland. Yeah, <laughs> like a hugely massive difference, and she did a great, great job. Yeah, and she doesn't just sing like one song that uh, Judy no. Garland. She sings like ten. Yeah, throughout the course of this movie. Yeah, and that's you know that's ultimately where we went with movie musical because this this is yeah you know, there's enough music to where it qualifies as that. 
Absolutely. One of the some key points that that my wife uh, pointed out as well during this movie is that one of Renee Zellweger's kind of traits is that she t- sometimes purses her lips. Yeah. And but at you know near near Judy Garland's mid mid midlife, you know whatever in her forties, she kind of did that as well. So when we saw this trailer, I said. Yeah, I didn't think about Renee Zellweger, but absolutely. She looks just like her. That's the perfect casting. Yeah. And so as we talked about that, um, Aubrey was like a little worried that people who wouldn't know about her later years would think that, oh, that's just Renee Zellweger. Like, no, 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 no. That just happens to be like a crossover thing. Right. That that happened because of addiction and just random coincidental yeah. uh, character traits of, of people. So this this characterization just spot on i I will be mad if anyone else wins it at this point yeah it's it's hard to imagine like you said it's hard to imagine anybody else winning it after seeing this it's one of the best acting performances i've seen in a very long time um and it's just a total i mean she made me laugh hard Mm. she made me ball my eyes out (laughs) like there was not a dry eye in the theater yeah um incredible and let's speak about that real quick i I seldom cry actual tears in movies. Yeah. There were tears running down my face when I oh. when I watched this. I don't know that there was a single person in the theater that wasn't in that scenario because yes. I mean I cry in movies like but usually it's a pretty like one tear deal. Yeah. It's never like openly saw. there were people gasping for air. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> and not because anything openly trap i mean obviously this is a biopic so we always say spoiler free but this is you know this is a true story so mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll we'll be a little bit looser nothing tragic happens nothing traditionally tragic yes. happens in this movie you know like it doesn't end with somebody dying it doesn't have some sort of violent scene that like, nothing like that it's just the the power of the performance heartbreaking yeah and so wonderful to follow Yes, oh. she was. She was great. Um, I can't say enough. We, I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah. It, but she was. She was the clear winner of that. Um, but there were some good supporting, some really good supporting performances. Like really, really good. Yes. Um, the ensemble cast actually really flourishes in this movie. Um, so I want to talk about Scene Stealer. Let's go. I had to go Darcy Shaw, who yes. played young Judy Garland. Oh my gosh. The movie starts with a close up on Darcy's face as young Judy and it's like insane. She, she looks like her. She sounds like her. She's got the mannerisms. She is a very important figure in laying the groundwork for showing how Judy Garland got to where she is. By the time we see her in the movie, they flash back to her constantly. She has to develop key relationships. She has to go through. It was actually kind of spooky to be honest with you to see another actress. Yes. You know, kind of like mime going through Yes. what she went through because you're like, well, you know, as, you know, Judy went Judy Garland really went through this. And so to see a young actress kind of like playing that part, it was a little bit eerie. Um, but she did an incredible job and uh I could have gone with some other people, but at the end of the movie it had to be Darcy Shaw. I think that's an excellent choice. The other crazy thing about this is that how good she was, you know, life was truly imitating art <laughs> in this because, okay, so I don't, I don't know the age of Darcy Shaw who played young Judy, but she looks like she's 14. She looks like she's the same age as Judy Garland was when she was in wizard of Oz. And she's just so talented. She doesn't even really flinch. Doesn't even really hesitate to anything that's thrown her way in these scenes that she's carrying out. And again, like you said, the, 
the laying the groundwork for all the relationships that would either um, benefit her later in life mm-hmm. or be the demise of her later in life. So yeah, I'm big fan, big fan of Young Judy. Darcy Star only has two acting credits. This being her second yes, one. Yes, I saw that and I was like, uh, well, line up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be a, a hot ticket after this one because, um, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, really, really good. Great choice. I went ahead and went with uh, Jesse Buckley, who plays this character Rosalind, who on uh, on Judy Garland's tour of of London called mm-hmm. the Lon- London Concerts, which revitalized her career uh, near the end of her life. Uh, Rosalind is someone who was like her stage manager, if you will. She was telling her, "All right, here was here's what time the show is. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. I'm going to get you everything you need." She's taking care of her. Um, you've seen Jesse Buckley in. The new Chernobyl, which won a bunch yes. of a bunch of awards. I've not watched Incredible. it. Incredible! It's insane. It's so good. I, I need to. I yeah, need to catch I recommend up on it that. to everybody. Um, she was also in the Fargo TV series. She was in a film called The Last Post. She's in this big movie coming out um, called The uh, Voyage of Doctor Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, Emma Thompson, a billion other stars. That yeah. that movie is stacked. But what Jesse does, what Jesse Buckley does, friend of the pop. I can just call her Jesse. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> First name basis. That's right. What Jesse does in this role in Judy is she really comes to terms with understanding Judy's addiction, and she tries to just help her and guide her instead of criticize her. She's just there as a confidant, and she's there as a as a full support. Um, system to Judy because Judy's alone. She's completely alone in these London series, and she needs she needs a friend. Yes, and that's what Jesse does for yeah, her. Yeah. So the character Rosalind, at least this is my interpretation. The character Rosalind is us. You know, she yeah. she is experiencing Judy Garland in a very raw way, and she goes through all of the roller coaster of emotions that comes along with that. Where, you know. At some time, she's like, this person's a mess. They're a total waste. I shouldn't be wasting my time with this. It's hopeless. And at other times, it's like, wow, what a tragic character. And other times, it's how can I help? You know what I mean? It's, she she goes through that journey that I think the director um, and, and the writer want us to go through. Um, and yeah. I thought Tom Edge wrote this movie um, in a really thoughtful way so that we could experience all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think, I don't think you experience the, the highest of highs without experiencing the lowest of lows. It's important for him to bring us down there and to mm-hmm. show us it raw. And, and they do a great job of that. That's beautiful. Yep. Yep. I, I just can't, can't say enough about her and excited about everything she's got coming up. And Darcy yeah, Shaw. she's, she's on the come up for sure. With all those things that you listed, she's in, huge massive shows that are big successes she's got big movies coming up um it's no wonder why she's incredibly gifted for sure hopefully we can get her in the studio before yeah. she great gets before too busy. she before she's huge <laughs> <laughs> come on over jesse i think we might be too late i don't know okay um showstopper Ooh. okay my showstopper so um as kirk mentioned this this ref- this whole film the plot revolves around the london concerts and she is basically doing like her own show, uh, just a vocal performance with a live band and she's performing on stage. And what they do when she's on stage is the most jaw dropping thing in this movie. And it's very subtle. I think that's what's like, you don't realize until you start to think about it. They start off with a wide shot 
when she first gets on stage, you see her walking around stage, you know, getting acclimated, things like that. And she's on stage multiple times in this movie. And then they zoom in. So you get this extreme close up on Judy and you are, you are the audience, mm-hmm. you know, they, they make you feel like you're there. And it's, it, it's a feeling, you know how sometimes you get like weepy and emotional whenever you see a live performance of like a band that you like or a, th- a stage show that you like or something like yes. that. You get the same feeling here because they, they somehow simulate the feeling of being in a live audience with her and it's incredible mm-hmm. and you really feel like you're there and that's i mean the the way that they shoot it the way that they cut it it's basically just one long shot um focused squarely on judy and you get to see the the subtleties and the nuances in renee zellweger's performance and it's insane it's just totally breathtaking from the very first song she sings um by myself or whatever or on my own or whatever it is I can't recall but yeah um or I can't remember the name of the song, but that I was literally smiling like an idiot in the theater. Cause I was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is so cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's my show. Great pick. Especially that first one, her first number on yeah. this whole, this whole concert series tour. Um, you're exactly right. The, from the audience point of view, then to her, then to seeing her mind kind of move, she's saying, mm-hmm. okay, I'm singing, I'm back in this. And then her progress to, Hey, I still got it. And then her, just see her confidence kind of explode by the end of it. So beautifully shot, beautifully performed. And I don't think you could do that again um, because of how they, they piece that through the entire film. We talked about how uh, young Judy mm-hmm. with the very first moment we see her eyes done and we have the same thing with renee zellweger in these performances too and beautiful times beautiful yes times. yes um so there that's a great showstopper one of my favorite moments in this film is in uh is in the me- one of the memory scenes so we have these memories and they're they're shot according to judy's memory yeah so they have they have some artistic um, rights that they that they took to them right they don't look completely real but they look mostly real they're very vibrant and the one that sticks out to me um obviously there there's some allusions to the wizard of oz set those are wonderful and fantastic the one that i'm going to choose right now is um judy garland has to celebrate a birthday and it's very business-like they wanted to yeah. do it like a press release like we're celebrating your birthday it's at not even on her actual birthday she's kind of mad about it because she's getting managed she's not being able to allowed to be a kid and she she it's like a pool party and she jumps into this big pool and she just is a kid and she is swimming and she is just free in yeah. this pool Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful scene. And uh, again, vibrant colors and everything that you want about the innocence of Judy Garland that once was at the beginning of her life. So that's my that's my showstopper. So that's a really good point. Um, And it brings up a good a really good um, fact that we should mention is that this is um, based on a stage play called End of the Rainbow by Peter Quilter. And in a lot of ways, what you just described was them taking an element from the stage play that would work really well in a stage show as a memory play and putting it into the film. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to tell a real story, so they can't take they can't take everything from the play and they can't do it um, tonally the same way. Right. But they picked and choose like they, they chose the things that were that were just right at the right moment in the movie. And I thought that that took an, an insane amount of finesse and skill to, to identify those areas because that can be tricky. Yes. And medium, I think the medium of film was important here for a lot of the things that they did. Um, and, and being able to transition that, that stage show to 
the screen and to take the pieces that make the most sense was what made this movie really good. Which is always really difficult because, you know, we, we get all of these live action musicals now, like on big networks. Yes. And they don't always translate because they are being performed as if they were still the play or right. the musical. Right. And that medium is so important. And they really transferred this really well, the screenwriter. And I think they even said that they wanted to do less and less of those kind of, those yes. kind of moments. And I would have been down for one or two more. Mm -hmm. I thought those were really well executed. Yeah, they were for sure. Um, all right. So that puts us to director's shoes. Um, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going a little bit soft on this movie, but when you have a movie that's very, very good, it's, it's sometimes hard to find things that are wrong with it. Um, so this is going to be one of those things, you know, like whenever you're in an interview and somebody asks you to describe a weakness and you like make it a strength, <laughs> you know, That's it's right. like, well, I care too much. I work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of, it's one of those things. So, um, what, what happens in this movie that I think, you know, it comes back to medium. I think it happens because of the medium, but sometimes the director and the writer are too in love with Judy Garland that they want to, they want to dwell on these scenes where she's just being a person mm -hmm. and, and really like paint the picture of her as the lovely soul that she was, you know? And because of that, you know, there's only so much time in a movie and you have to, you have to cut it in a way that makes sense. So sometimes I felt like other things suffered. Like, I would have liked more time for her to build a relationship with the band director or more time for her to build a relationship with Rosalind. But they focus on a scene with her and these two gentlemen that she forms a relationship with, which is really a beautiful thing and, and very good and very important. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all bad, um, but there's give and take. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that I actually would have been okay with a longer runtime. This movie, this movie feels pretty good at the length that it is, but I was left wanting a little bit on some of those key relationships. Um, but again, I think that's totally because this movie had a primary purpose, which was to tell her story, but the secondary purpose was to tell who she was, which is, which is kind of different. And, um, some of those things that don't fit as well with the story do work perfectly to tell you what kind of person she was. So, mm -hmm. um, it's it's an it's a knock against the movie, but it's a very soft one. <laughs> sure, definitely. So, what's your director's shoes? Um, it basically is the same one. <laughs> okay, cool. When you have a, a film that that knocks it out of the park as well as this did, it's uh, very easy to notice parts where you would change them. So, I mean, the film hits the ground running. The we know that that the story is not new. We've heard it several times, but what we see in this that is so different is that we are running with Judy toward toward um, getting her her self-confidence back breaking the this addiction that's not even totally her fault right and then we get these these cool memory these cool memories that kind of uh, just draw us into understanding the antithesis of who she was and then and who she is now so if i had the chance to change anything i would change how that's how that segment is structured and meeting these two gentlemen um i think that there's about 30 minutes of, of that whole screen time all together i think the first 10 minutes are solid and uh, i loved getting to meet them and the second 10 minutes is also very good and then it just kind of just kind of lingers yeah it continues to go on 10 yeah, minutes yeah exactly so making that more concise and as you said give us more time with judy as judy in her career or even with rosalind or her kids you know those things would have been um made us get back to the story as it should have been told better and 
I, th- I think that it doesn't suffer too much from this. However, it's a big pacing struggle because once you're, when you're in that just lingering last 10 minutes of that 30 minute segment, you're like, all right, all right, come on. It kind of claws its way back, but it does get there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I, I share your thoughts exactly on that. So let's get final thoughts and score this thing. I'm not going to go too long on final thoughts. Cause I, I feel like we've, Given, we've given it a lot and we yeah a lot of times when we find a movie we like we tend to just gush about all the things that they do really well but i think in summary see this movie you, you should you have to i think it's going to be i think it's going to be an awards player i think it's going to be one that people talk about it performed extraordinarily well in the box office for a movie that has a limited release it's a story that people care about it's one that you should care about um and it, they do just a great job so i would say go see it and I am going to give it a score of 9.0, 9 flat, um, which puts it in a pretty elite category for sure. I think it, I think it definitely deserves to be there. Indeed. Indeed. Um, this movie is uh, obviously dear to me. I've mentioned before that my wife and I played Dorothy and Scarecrow. Yeah. The best relationship in The Wizard of Oz. For sure. Uh, we actually danced to Somewhere Over the Rainbow, our first dance. Awesome. Shout out Ryan Spriggs for writing a cover to it. Yes. And playing it as we as we dance. So big movie for me. Um, l- loved it. I thought they crushed it. It was beautiful. Um, despite that bias, looking at this from uh, from a structural and technical point of view, it, it was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. All the things that I've said and more. So definitely an Oscar contender. Definitely Renee Zellweger has to win. Again, I don't typically cry at movies. So if you also don't typically cry at movies, you, this one might get you as well. So yeah. I'm going to go 9.4 kernels on All this right. one. All right. 9.4 out of 10. So um, pretty high score. Some of our highest scores of the year. Um, that is Judy. Definitely recommend you go see it at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. And now we're moving into our top five. My favorite portion of the show. I love the top five. It's so fun. It's a really good time. And this time we're doing top five movie musicals. We mentioned it beforehand. Um has to be a movie musical. We decided to do no animated because there's just a ton of like, like I wouldn't want to make this list and like leave out the Lion King or something because I, I love it, but I want to key in. I think we both wanted to key in on like live action movie musicals, sometimes originally written for screen, sometimes written for stage and then transition to the screen, things like that. Um, whose turn is it to go first? Hmm. No clue. doesn't matter. I'll uh, go. That's fine. You can go. No, no, no. You go. You go. I'll go. Yeah. Number five. <laughs> Greece. Ooh. With John Travolta. Yes. And Olivia Newton-John. Such a great Who one. doesn't know Greece by the time they're 10? I mean, this movie is just a, a phenomenon mm-hmm. that, that you can't... That's what I love about musicals. They come in and they're presented in a time where it just fits the culture and this one did and that's why it was so perfect and such a home run to so many people and so many families and even though it's not a it shouldn't be a family-friendly show with some of the lyrics in the in the music but Greece is fantastic if you haven't seen Greece, I don't believe you're human um John Travolta is probably his best role ever and my wife hasn't seen Greece. (laughs) 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 I was waiting for you to say it I knew you were gonna say it I could have told you earlier I was just waiting for it just so I could bait you well Jackie you're a robot I'm sorry (laughs) Hey, you know, you know, I listen, if I hadn't said something extremely similar to her at some point, I'd be shocked. I know that I have. Sure. 
the Grease is great. You there's have to see it. A, there's a movie I have seen as well. Oh, that's the, I, <laughs> no. You're you, fine. You, you need to go home and watch this. Tonight, yes, tonight. I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, I'm going to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance tonight, but yeah, well, another night, Grease have to get it on the docket. Hashtag date night. Do Grease it. Grease Lightning. So good. I love it. Okay, number five. Oh man, this is really, really hard. Ugh. I am gonna go with. All right, this is just purely because this is just purely because I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweeney Todd and the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Love it. It. This was the first. This was one of the first R-rated movies I ever saw. Same. My mom was like doing the cool mom thing. I was like, we got to go see this. I was dying to see it because I love musical theater, and. Um, Johnny Depp gives gives an incredible performance in this movie, and and it just I was like had to see it, and it lives up. It's incredible. Um, I thought Johnny Depp should have won Best Actor for it. I thought just every performance was crazy crazy good. Every vocal performance was crazy good, including Sasha Baron Cohen, who gives an insane vocal performance on the one song that he does. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a crazy movie. It's got a great feel to it. It's Tim Burton. Um, so it's got an exceptionally good stylistic feel to it. I feel like it's very different from a lot of things Tim Burton has done. And it's just great. I love mm-hmm. it. Number mm-hmm. five. I think that was my first. I'm, I'm just a few years older than you. I think that was the first R-rated movie I went to like by myself with By friends, yourself, yeah. You know? I th- yeah, because I was going to say I was probably like 14 or 15. Yep. That was like the my mom was like, we're going to see this. Why not? Yeah. yeah. It's just bloody. It's not yeah, like, it's gross. No you know? big deal. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. My number four. Lame is. Ooh, good one. With Anne Hathaway, Hugh Jackman, Eddie Redmayne, Amanda Seyfried, Gladiator. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. And, <laughs> my, and my favorite, my absolute favorite. Some people, if you don't know him, you need to. His name is Aaron Tveit. Mm, and yes. he, he has a voice of gold. He, it's, he's just insanely talented. Um, he was in the live action version of Grease on whatever network it was mm-hmm. on. Um, and a number of other musicals out there that people yeah. love. So. This was so good. This this film. A lot of people got a lot of criticism because people didn't sing as pretty as they do on stage. And again, different medium. Yeah, I think it's different medium and I think like you have to have movie stars in this movie to, because acting on on film, I just want to say it, it's different. It's very different. Yes. You're not just going to if you're just a if you're a star of a a musical on stage, like you're not just going to automatically be a star of you know, a movie. No. I don't think that translates as directly as people might think it does. No, you have to have experience in both. And Russell Crowe's voice, I know Russell Crowe was the one who got a ton of flack. He, he, I don't want to hear any slander on Hugh Jackman's voice, period, in no. the story. He was incredible. Correct. And he has tons of experience on stage. Comes so. from Broadway royalty, yeah. yes. Um, But, you know, I think the big one that I heard was Russell Crowe, right? Right. Well, he's got a very, like, grungy rocker style voice. I dug it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't have any big problem with it. And I like Les Mis on stage. I just... I thought the movie was good. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, Anne Hathaway won a Best Actress for this film. Oh, man, she was good. She was incredible. She was so good. Incredible. So say what you want about this uh, also, transfer. Also, the, the end of Act 1, when they do the one day more, you mm-hmm. know that one? Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about that moment, and on film it was sick. Yes. It was so cool. Sorry, I, I ended up talking on <laughs> your number four like a lot. That's okay. I'll take your number three. But there are there are hot takes. There are hot takes yeah. galore on that movie. There are, and I say just sit down, enjoy the movie, enjoy just the music, enjoy, just love it. Okay, yes. number four, my number four. I am gonna go with Meet Me in St. Louis. Beautiful. I love it. 
Judy Garland. Shout out to Judy Garland. I, lo- I love Mimi in St. Louis. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. <laughs> you know, she sings uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yes. Be- beautiful. I mean, the it's the rendition of that song to me. I just, I absolutely love it. It's a great movie, and it's set in St. Louis, so, I mean, I have a, you know, I have a love for that. We're 15 minutes away. Right around the uh, the time of the World's Fair, which is a very big deal. Mm. It's still a big deal. People talk about it all the time if you live in this area. So, they do. Um, World's <laughs> Fair Pavilion. Yeah, it's still there. still there. So, um, it has just this movie just has a ton of sentimental value, and, like, even if you didn't have connections to this area, it has a ton of sentimental value just built into it. Yes. Just at its core. Um and it's it just incredibly, I feel lots of nostalgia for that movie. I love it. Hot take, I've never seen it. Ooh, you and should. I should. It's it's sitting in our in our cabinet. I was going to say, Aubrey's. I was like, Aubrey, Aubrey for sure has it. It's her copy that you watched, yeah. and I need to just sit down and watch it. It's, it's a really good one. Yeah. I love it. Coming soon. Number three. Number three. Gotta go West Side Story. Ooh. I got all the classics in here. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's in my blood, you know. And you know you got the sharks, you got the jets, you got Natalie freaking Wood. Natalie Wood, man. The film version of this, I freaking love Natalie Wood. Yes. Also gone too soon. Oh, I would, dude, I can't even talk about it. It's it upsets me. Her death is also crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Um, you know she was in Rebel Without a Cause. She was in one of my all-time favorite comedies that I've never seen all of it all the way through, and that I, I'm just like wrestling with trying to find a copy of it because I saw like 90% of it. And I never saw how it ended. It's a movie called Penelope. Mm, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like a kleptomaniac, and yeah, uh, I've never seen it, but I know of it. Yeah, she tricks her husband, who's a banker. Oh, it's so good, and she's so fantastic. Are you it. one of these Natalie Wood conspiracy theorists? <laughs> are you in on that? I, you know. I go back and forth. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you see one movie, you're like, eh, Christopher Walken, he could yeah. have done it. He's a pretty spooky guy. Yes. Pretty spooky guy. Yeah. I go back and forth, but ultimately I just hope that it was just a pure awful accident. Yes. that's It's always tragic when that's the best case scenario, yeah. but it is. it is. It really is. This. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. West Side Story. Good West Side Story. Good one. Yes. That's my snap. Nailed it. Thank you. Play it cool, boys. All right. Real cool. Okay, go ahead. I, so that scene, I must have, I, when I was little, I would rewind that scene and watch it over and over again. It's the, the best the scene. The dance fighting, it oh, was awesome. It's the best. Have you seen it on stage? No. It's, oh. it's a crime, I know. It's we so are, cool. Uh, we have Fox season tickets this year, you and I. Right. You and I, and uh, I would love to see it on stage. Mm-hmm. I wish that it was coming this year, but it's not. Aubrey and I got free tickets to see this when it had its uh, revival it's like three, four years ago. Yeah. It's wonderful. I bet it's insane. It's so great. Okay. My number three, going with another weird one. I am going to go with Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I love it. Um, this one we are seeing this year with, at the Fox. Well, it's yes. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, so it's not going to be the same thing. Um, man, I love Gene Wilder. It, it, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka is to this day one of the one of my favorite performances ever. Yes. And that movie is so fun. And I still think that scene when they first enter the, you know, the like the f- the forest of candy, you know, when they first go into the Chago factory, like mm-hmm. I love that scene. It's incredible. It's it holds up. It's just it's so colorful and amazing and it's great. It's just really well done. Yep. And I just love that movie. And the movie that movie is so unique and so kooky and so there so loving like there's yeah. just so many 
I don't know how you pinpoint it. The, just they rarely make films like that anymore. They don't. They we, don't. And we know that that came uh, lifted from the from the novel, but nothing like the novel. No. the version you're talking yes. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, very different, very and different in all the in all the best ways. I get all the nostalgic moments right before they open up the door to the to the candy, you know, the chocolate river and everything is the snozberry scene with yeah. the elevators, so. That's right. Oh, it's all in my head. It's uh, you know, to me that movie is you're in 5th grade, mm-hmm. it's Sunday night. For me, you just finished watching Sunday night football, you're getting Sunday scaries. You flip it over to ABC Family, what's on? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. That's right. And man, you just feel at peace with the world. Yeah, big Easter movie too. Yes. A lot of, at Easter and Thanksgiving. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great one. All right. Uh, number two? Sure. Yeah. Yes. My number two, Wizard of Oz. Ooh, very good. Yes. Very good. Uh, loved this movie before I was uh, Scarecrow, but definitely solidified when I got to um, be Scarecrow in, this, uh, in my high school musical. Yes. Uh, especially with with your sister she was the perfect dorothy and there's just so many crazy things about this too they don't they don't create worlds like this very often no um again lifted from a book Mm -hmm. but not exactly correct not exactly verbatim and they just created so many things that that you just know when you so many references that are still pulled out today flying monkeys wicked witch of the west oh it's um, huge click your heels three times we're not in kansas anymore even the the Stranger Things season four, we're not in Hawkins anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it's just, every day. Every day you hear a reference to that movie. And you don't even everywhere. notice it. Yeah. It might have the largest cultural impact of any movie ever. Yes. I mean, I think I, I, I don't think that's like the hottest take. I think that's a pretty safe statement, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's timeless. It'll be shown forever and ever and ever. Yes. I love it. It's a good pick. Thank you. My number two, La La Land. Ooh. Man, do I love La La Land. I just love it so much. It's just like a it's just a total swoon fest. Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, really good acting performances. People this is another one where people criticize the vocal performances, but I felt that it was it was just on par because of the story they were trying to tell. It was like supposed to be real people and yeah, I don't know. It's it's incredibly well done. Um I was livid that it didn't win best picture and not because moonlight wasn't deserving but because i feel like this movie is historically very 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 good one of the best movies i've seen in a long time and should be remembered as such and so i feel like those though i would just wish those movies were two years apart because that year was insane for film there were so many good movies and Mm. it was like yeah you look at any like the vast, like five, five out of those nine movies that were nominated that year were totally deserving mm-hmm. of in, in, in any other year. And so it's like, I don't know, put that on like one of these other weird years <laughs> where you, a weird movie wins. Don't just like have them together. Yeah. It's a bummer. Look at the, the forecast and say, nope, nope, nope. Okay. Releasing the next year. <laughs> yeah. And they did the, the, the bait and switch, which was so, Ooh. so heartbreaking. Cause I was like, yay, my movie won. And then I was like. Oh man! I mean, that was one of the most insane things that it have ever happened. Totally gut wrenching, but I, I love La La Land. It's, I mean, it's for people who are, it, it it resonates with people who are like big dreamers and super ambitious and like feel like nothing ever goes their way. So I I uh, I can relate to it. Yeah. It's a it's a good one. I like it. And for the haters criticizing the vocals, those vocals were amazing. Right, I think they're really good. They I are d- really good. Yeah. You know like okay, so Les Mis people dog on Russell Crowe, but there's really no one to dog on in La La Land. I don't think I so either. I can't think of a single person. 
Yeah, I think Ryan Gosling is the one I've seen get the most flack. Which is dumb because, hello, he was in the revamped Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, and he's had lots of musical yeah, experience. Yeah, and he learned how to play piano, like, really, really well. He became, like, an movie. expert pianist in, like, <laughs> a year. Yeah. <laughs> if not less. So, he, yeah, he did his part. It's a, it's a great movie. Yes. Number one. Number one movie musical. Number one for me. Movie musical. Everyone probably already knows. It's Moulin Rouge. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I'm not mad. I, I just, I, I saw it coming. Hey, sister, so, sister, flow, <laughs> sister. Um, that's my favorite song. For, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if it is, Kirk. This is a safe space. You know, <laughs> this, this movie came out and I, the first viewing I had of it, I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I didn't understand it whatsoever because I was like in fourth grade and a sixth grader was showing it to me yeah there was this really weird thing where <laughs> we we all like an elite club of kids from my grade school got invited over to mm. someone's basement and this this one guy got up and said listen we are going to watch moulin rouge and you are going to love it it's going to change your life and we watched it i hated every second yeah. of it um maybe because of the setting but then then I watched it back by myself a couple months later when I had some time to breathe. I was by myself, and I understood it. I got it. Yes. And it's it's so great. It's so great. And maybe if you've watched it and you don't like it, you should watch it again because it is one of my all-time top favorite films, and it took, it took a second viewing. And then I watched it like every day after school for so many years. That's how crazy I am a fanatic about this movie. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. I, I mean, Boz Lerman is like coffee. It's it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. and it's an acquired taste for the people who do like it. You yep. know, like it's not surprising to me that if that was your first experience with Boz, or you know, even your second experience, you're like, wait, what's going on here? Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's so bizarre different. about storytelling. He yeah. tells his stories in a completely different, wild. He manner. is a visionary. He, he is, is a visionary, and for better or worse, like like I've mentioned before, I like some of his stuff. I hate some of his stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give him credit for creativity. He does, he does things that are iconic and that no one else does or could do. Exactly. So it's a good pick. Shout out to the original Broadway cast currently on Broadway in New York. They're going to be touring next year in 2020. And I hope to go see it. Aaron Aaron Tveit is one of the leading cast members of that. Are you serious? Yes, he is. Wow. Yes, he is. We need to get you to New York pronto. Right? Or Chicago in 2020, but he won't be there. So I need to go to New York for sure. And Karen Olivo plays... Nicole Kidman. <laughs> oh man, I love Karen. Karen Olivo. She's the best, man. Shout out both friends of the pop right there. Come yeah. on, any any stinking time. Karen Olivo was on the original Broadway cast for In the Heights and oh. is incredible. Is absolutely incredible in that that recording. I listen to it all the time, and I had the pleasure of seeing her play Angelica Schuyler in Hamilton in Chicago. Jealous. And she was great. She was so good. Won an Oscar for West Side Story. See, it all connects. It all, it all comes connects. back. And my number one is West Side Story. There it is. So there you go. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Aubrey and I watched all kinds of musicals. We watched everything, man. We watched Andrew Lloyd Webber, Stephen Sondheim, all the classics. We watched musicals all the time growing up. My, we, The one that we always came back to is West Side Story. Yeah. Beautiful performances, beautiful singing, great songs. Well directed. I'm very scared that they're remaking this movie. I'm very, very, very scared. Yeah. It's in the it's in the very capable hands of Steven Spielberg. Yes. But it's it's one of these things. Like you know how people were upset about the Princess Bride being remade. 
as they should be which yeah i mean of course mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not arguing like that that is an outrage if that it's happens weird. we riot okay we riot in the streets but i feel like we should have a similar anger i know that west side story has been redone on stage many 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 times mm-hmm. but the original film is a masterpiece it is and should be left alone to be appreciated for the countless decades that follow it's just lovely and i love it i agree all right that's it. Top five movie musicals. I want your lists. I want them. I, I bet there's some good lists out there. I know there are some that we miss. I have a robust list of honorable mentions Oh, me here. too. Let's run through them. Um, I'll just give a couple highlights. Mary Poppins, Obvi. <laughs> I don't know how that didn't make my top five. It was it was spur of the moment. I love Mary Poppins. Yes. So good. Um, Wizard of Oz was on my list, obviously. Sound of Music was on my list. Um, Enchanted. Enchanted was on my list. I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. With Amy Adams, because I think Amy Adams, and I think that that was the first time that a movie had been done, well, not not the first time ever, but it was a very creative tone of a movie for that for that era, and a lot of movies have copycatted that. Yes. And so I think that it was kind of a, blazing a new path for for film, mm-hmm. and so I like I like that one. Um, those, are, those are the big ones, really. What, what you got? I've got... Phantom of the Opera with Emmy Rossum, Gerard Butler. Yes. Got Rent with Mo- Mo- Oh, uh, yeah, Rent. Much of the original cast came back for the film version. Yeah, Tay Diggs. Oh, so good. The Adina whole Menzel. Adina Menzel, Anthony Rapp, Adam Pascal. Uh, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> it's a good movie. Um, I had Sweeney Todd in here. I had Chicago. Oh, course. yeah, Chicago. I should have had that on my honorable mentions. Renee Zellweger, Queen Latifah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. Singing in the Rain. With yes, Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but I, it's it's brilliant. It's okay. so good. It has this incredible um, one continuous shot. Uh, there's a couch. Oh, it's great just, dancing. Really great dancing in that one. Incredible. We've got Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, with Topol and Babs, Barbara Streisand, and this one. This one, I, I I hope other people have seen this movie. It's called Cry Baby. Yes, Cry Baby. With Johnny Depp. Oh, man, my mom loved Cry Baby. I've uh, seen it a billion times. I love this movie. I own this movie. It is so much fun. If you haven't seen it, run. Run and find it. It's so good. It is. It's a good one. I'm glad you mentioned it. Is that it? That's all I got. Good ones. If you have others that we miss, I'm, I guarantee we miss some. There's a, there is an insane number of these things, and they're all very good. Um, send them over, and we want to we wanna chat with you about it. Otherwise, that is a wrap on this episode. Got a couple of things that I want to talk about as we wrap up. One is next week, Kirk, it's finally here. The Joker. Well, it's just called Joker. Right? Joker. Todd Phillips movie, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> um, very excited. There's some controversy around this movie. We'll be sure to dig into that. Mm-hmm. We'll be sure to give a full review could not be more excited we're gonna be checking it out this weekend so expect to have a full review on the joker or sorry a full review on joker next week how I am, dare you i am a failure <laughs> that extra article it's just getting me every time <laughs> all right next bit of news very exciting news at long last star wars premiere tickets are on sale if this is your first time hearing about this we are going to see star wars we're the going to see it skywalker yeah we're going to see it on opening night it's the last movie in the Skywalker saga. We're very excited about it. We're getting a private theater for it. Um, and because of that, the sooner you sign up, the better. Because at some point, we're going to close this thing off. And uh, we're going to have to tell 
Marcus Theaters, how big of an auditorium we need to support everybody that we got going. So we've got Facebook event out there. Respond going if you think you're going to go. Um, and just, you know, buy if you can buy tickets through Eventbrite. Like I said, they're they're cheaper than they would be if you um, um, were to go to theaters regularly. Um, so there's that. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Um, and then finally, you can actually support this podcast on Patreon if you're interested in becoming a patron. Um, we have a couple of patrons, and we're starting to build out our patron program, so now is a good time to bring that up. Just go to patreon.com and search Popcorn for Breakfast. Um, like I've said countless times, we will never, ever, ever charge you guys anything for weekly podcasts. It's not going to happen. Um, but this is just a way if you feel like supporting us or if you feel like you want to be a big part or, or whatever, whatever your heart is calling you to do, we, we have that opportunity for you. Yes. And thank you. And thank you very, very much. Okay. And that is all we've got. I want to give a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast. I want to give a very, very special thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our theme music. And once again, we reached a thousand downloads. So our biggest thank you is to all of you who listen to this podcast, who like our posts, who share our posts, download, subscribe, all of those things. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Talk to you then. Dude, Downton Abbey, 96% audience score, 84% critic score. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Judy's holding holding fast at an 88%. Judy, Judy, big booty Judy. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Judy Garland, I think of that song. <laughs> That's not even a real song. I, I know. <laughs> it's not. You just, But you already thought of it because you're, you know... We we both have that song in our head. There's it, nothing that more song, perfect. <laughs> that song exists in everybody's mind. Like it goes Judy Booty, and then it goes somewhere over the rainbow yeah. <laughs> in that order. Yeah, yeah, for sure.